Some guys are losing, you know, some ungodly amounts of weight in a month. I did not. I mean, I think I think I lost ten or twelve pounds the first month. Um, and you see people, you know, thinking, "Well, I'm not losing enough weight. I'm, I'm, I'm not, these other folks are losing way more weight. I'm, I'm at a plateau." Everybody fights their own fight, guys, and it's it's uh, it's something that you have to do on a daily basis. You're going to have your victories. Don't compare it. It's just like going to the gym. Don't worry about what the guys lifting next to you. Don't worry about that. You just do your thing, and you'll be successful. Hey there, my friends, it's Dr. Anthony Balduzzi, and I want to welcome you back to another episode here on the Fit Father Project podcast. Today, we're joined by Fit Father Bill Powell, who's truly an amazing guy who I look up to in many ways. And one of the reasons I look up to Bill is that he's in his 60s, and he had every reason with his past medical history and stuff was going on to follow the path of most guys, which is kind of just to resign themselves to a life of lessening health and the fact that he had a bad heart, the fact that he had cancer and all these different obstacles that would derail, I would say, a lesser man, a man who didn't have the deep commitment that Bill has. But that was not Bill's story. Bill's story is one of triumph, of getting this program and joining it and not starting it the first time around. It took Bill a while to get up and going and to get really committed, but once Bill got his head right about this program, the results he's achieved so far at 63 are absolutely fantastic. He's lost over 50 pounds, and now Bill is really looking into, you could say, his golden years. I mean, his career is winding down, and now he's looking to do a lot of adventures that we're going to share and talk about in this podcast. I won't really steal the thunder for that, but I think this is a really prime example of a guy who would tell you straight up that it's not that Bill was special that he got this program. He had the same negative self-talk. He had the same excuses. But through a series of events, he finally got his mind right and got committed to this program. And he used podcasts just like this in his early stages to get and find his motivation. So talk about full circle now to be able to come back and now be the inspiration for future guys. So if you're listening to this and you're just new or fresh in the program, or if you're restarting like Bill was, this is the stage that he was at. And look, he succeeded. He made it through this, and it's not without challenge, but there's a lot of triumph here. And so I'm really excited about this episode, and I also had the privilege of meeting Bill in person at one of our Fit Father Project Sedona retreats. So I've got to hug this man. I've got to see this man in person. I've got to do outdoor adventures with him. So it's really a privilege to be able to bring this conversation to our brotherhood. And Bill, as you're listening to this, congratulations again, and thank you for being an amazing Fit Father. Let's get into today's episode with Fit Father, Bill Powell. All right, Bill, welcome officially to the Fit Father Project podcast, my friend. I'm so happy to have you here. It's great to be here. So let's kick it off in normal standard fashion. I'd love for you to introduce yourself to all the guys and certainly some of the gals who are listening, your name, your age, where you're from, and anything you'd like to share about work and your family. Sure. Uh, my name is Bill Powell. I am from Martinsburg, West by God, Virginia. I am 63 years old. Um, I have a beautiful wife, my college sweetheart of 37 years. We have three grown sons all on their own, making their own money and not living at home. So it's uh, an outstanding life and, and as far as that's concerned. I am a, um, I'm a lawyer by trade. Uh, I have done that for 38 years. Uh, hopefully soon to be a retired lawyer. And you know, that's, I think that's the next phase. Nice. That's really cool. And so what prompted you to find FFP? How many years ago was it? And like, let's talk mm. about what was going on in your life that made you be like, I think I need a health and fitness program. Yeah, this is a little more comprehensive answer. The, um, 
I was in FFP. I, I first found it a few years ago. I'm not, I can't remember exactly what date it was, but I had, um, it was just one of those things that popped up. I had tried pretty much every diet at that point and I tried and I looked at FFP and I, and I actually became a licensed member pretty early on because it looked good. And, and then I did the first workout and I said, well, this is way too hard. So I'm, I quit this and, and I, because I was looking for at that time, I was really looking for the easy button. Um, you know, but I mean, I can go on a diet that I can eat steak all day, every day and, you know, do all that stuff. That's much, sounds much easier. And, you know, lo and behold, I find out obviously those are just fads and, and, uh, even if they worked, it was very short term and not sustainable. Um, and then I had, um, what I, what I, what I kind of have described as a cascade of really, um, important things in my life that just turned me totally around. And I had got a job. First of all, I got a job. I never liked taking pictures of myself. I never liked myself in pictures. I didn't like the way I looked. But I got yeah. a job where all of a sudden it was on TV, a good bit, and doing interviews and other things. And you know, I, I look at myself on the on the TV. I'm like, oh my god, who is that? And my wife, you know, she's being very loving. She goes, well, TV adds ten pounds to you. I said, well, I don't think it adds fifty pounds to you. <laughs> you know, you know, something that's way way worse than I than I thought I looked. Yeah. And then, and then. Um, some health issues started coming up. I got, um, I was diagnosed with melanoma, um, which required some significant surgeries. Luckily that's, I think cured. I'm five, five years cancer free now, mm-hmm. which is really good. Yeah. Um, but that was the wake up call. And then just a few short months later, um, I had a heart issue, which, um, all of a sudden my heart was like, you know, 40 beats a minute. And I kind of figure out, well, I'm not a runner. I'm not a, a marathon runner from Kenya. Yeah. So this doesn't seem right. And I went to the doctor and I thought, oh, okay, they just give me a pill or something and said, you know, or something's wrong. And they didn't let me leave the hospital. I mean, they, they said, no, you're going right now. And I was there for more than a week. And I, and I, um, I coded while I was there. Um, it, it was a pretty serious time, uh, but I got a pacemaker um, and I'm better as a result. Uh, that's certainly turned my life around. And then right on top of that, I lost a job that I just loved. I, it was just a matter of transition. It wasn't anything I did, but it was just one of those things that I transitioned out of the job and I loved the job and I had to find a new job and I was off like eight weeks. And, and I will say that at that time, I was really pretty low about a lot yeah. of things health-wise. And I was convinced that if I went to the doctor, they would put me on antidepressants. It was mm-hmm. that. I mean, I was drinking in the afternoon. I was, I was not doing anything uh, productive. I knew I had to find a job, but I was very, um, just very down. And I, you know, I started doing some research. I said, oh, exercise. Well, that raises endorphins, and, and uh, um, maybe I could try some of that. And then um, uh, I found FFP again, and I started it. Um, but I also got into some really deep analysis of myself because I, I, some kind of really self-control or, or self, self-reflection on, on my life because you know I was in, in my 60s at that point. I had a grandchild, um, and I'm thinking to myself, well, what do you have control over? You clearly don't have control over your DNA, your, you know, your heart. It, was, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, you know, a, a cholesterol thing. It was, it was a, uh, it was an electrical thing. I didn't have control over that. Mm-hmm. I don't have any control over the cancer. I don't have control over what happened yesterday. I don't have control over a lot of things, and most of us don't. But I do have control over what I do with my body and what yeah. I put in my mouth. And I'm trying to think. And I was thinking to myself, you know, again, I'm not trying to be morbid here, but I'm thinking. One thing we have that goes away every single day and I can't renew is time. What yeah. am I trading my time for? 
what what am I doing with it? Is it productive? Is it important? Or am I like surfing the internet or watching TV or doing something stupid? And it's time I'll never get back. So it led to some really deep reflections about what was important, what I should be trading my valuable uh, and ending, you know, slowly, slowly ending time. And again, I'm not going to try to be morbid about that, but that's a fact. If I had a, mm-hmm. if I had a, if I had the, the ability to give time back to people, it would be for a lot of money. They would pay a lot yeah. of money for time, but they couldn't, you can't do it. You can never do it. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty powerful. It almost like a coming back to the same program with renewed clarity, new eyes and new feeling because of the heaviness of the real experiences that you had that thankfully all of those cancer, near heart failure, like all of that could have been like devastating, but like these were like misses. And now you're here and I'll just kind of fast forward. The story has a happy ending. Bill has a lot of vitality and a lot of, a lot of things to look forward to. So I think it's going to be really cool for you, you to contrast the fact that you felt like maybe you were not using your time productively. And now I know that you feel like you have new life. So what was it like starting the program? We'll call like the second time in earnest, like walk me through the beginning stages. It could be first 30 days of FF30X, but that initial period of getting your gears turning and cranking, what was apparent to you that was like really life-changing in the program and some of the deep stuff in those early periods? Well, first of all, your program is great. The nutrition advice that is sound, it's not crazy. I'll be honest with you, you're a doctor, but you know, nutritional science over the last, you know, three or four decades, I mean, it's been as contradictory as anything I've ever seen. It just, it's bizarre. But yours made sense. It was sustainable. There wasn't anything off limits. That was really important to me. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm like everybody else. First, first, uh, first month was hard. I mean, the exercise was hard. Um, but I busted through it. Um, I also, I will also say the thing that really kickstarted me in the butt, I started listening to those podcasts early. Um, on my, and I first started walking and doing other things. And I, you know, guys like Werner and Chris mm-hmm. Vincent yeah. and Ron Keithman, those guys mm-hmm. were just, they were inspiring to me because they were just like me. I mean, they, they yeah. were, quite frankly, I never even thought about it. I always thought I was like, I don't know what I thought I was special, but my problems were any different than anybody else's. But the fact was that I found guys that were similar to me, had the yeah. same struggles, had the same issues, and they were successful. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, well, I can do this because they did it. I know I can do this. Mm-hmm. Because I can be, as my wife would tell you, once I'm on to something, I'm like a dog with a bone. I am obsessive about it. And yeah. I will, you know, and so I'm very dedicated. Once I once I get into it, I'm in, into it. Well, I think a lot of guys can relate to that kind of mentality. Like once you really commit, sink your teeth in, so to, so to speak, I'm sure that served you really well in your legal career, like getting deep into a case and you found a way to effectively get yourself like very motivated. So how much right. exercise did you do in the initial 30 days with like Apex and stuff like that? Like how deep did you go into that? What was your frequency and what was your progression on that front? Especially coming from having a heart that wasn't as strong right. at that time. Well, and I was worried because as crazy as it sounds, I was always worried about raising my heart rate because I was afraid like the pacemaker would like start sparking or something and I'd smoke and you know and it was it's a stupid fear but but you know going yeah. through it it was it was psychological about it and, and I just didn't know they kept telling me it was going to be okay so I took it a little easier uh, at first mm-hmm. but I did um, I did the apex at least twice a week and I Good. walked every day even on the days I do apex to this day I always walk yep. in the evening um, two to three miles and, and yep. I always end the day like that. Uh, but I, 
but I, you know, I had lifted weights before I had done other stuff. I mean, I have periods of my life when I've been really active and uh, very into training, uh, but it's been like, you know, every decade kind of thing. So it it wasn't totally foreign to me, uh, but slowly but surely I got up to it and I was really proud of myself. Obviously the first time I got to all 10, 10 up and 10 down at apex and, and started going from there. And that was probably, I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but that was probably one of your physical accomplishments that you'd had in a long time. I don't know if there's like, I mean, to get through the apex up and down a pyramid after trying it in your 60s is like, is no joke. And it's probably one of the times you really challenge yourself and start to build some confidence. Is that fair to say? It's absolutely fair to say. I couldn't remember the last time I sweated. If that tells you about my exercise. I mean, seriously, I was, I was perspiring like crazy. And I'm thinking, wow, this, this, I have a memory of this, but it's been a while and it was good feeling. Let's talk about like inner inner self-talk because I think our behaviors are ultimately a reflection often of our like inner world and our inner life and the kinds of thought habits and patterns we've had, our emotions. And we start these journeys. The tough thing is we're both trying to make changes in our behaviors, but we also have a mind that still is grooved with these old patterns that can be pretty negative. Like what was your experience like with with the inner mental emotional aspect of this and how has it kind of changed over time? Track our trajectory through that. Yeah, I was a, a, a master of negative self-talk. I would talk to myself in words and vulgarities that I would never have said to a single person anywhere else in this world. And, and that's the way I ultimately I got out of it after I started this program. I'm thinking, why would you say something to yourself that you wouldn't say to your worst enemy? Why, I mean, why are you treating yourself that way? Um, so slowly but surely, especially, and I'll be honest, especially when you start seeing results and you, you, you start getting, you accomplish some of the things you want to accomplish. And you're thinking, I can do this. I'm better than this. Yeah. Um, even now with the, you know, if I gain a pound or something like that, I haven't had really bad <laughs> negative self-talk for months. And that is such a freeing, yeah. a freeing existence because it takes so much mental energy when you're negative as opposed to being positive. For sure it does. I mean, to keep that up, and like the impression that has in our in, in your awareness and your being to like it's almost like your mind no longer has dirty water that's constantly in there. It's like it's more clean water. And I mean, it takes time to to change that. It takes accomplishing workouts on days you don't feel like doing it. It takes losing your first 10 pounds and realizing that this is possible. And now to date, I think you've lost a fifty or so. 50. You're, you're, yeah, fifty. Okay. That's super cool. How long was the time frame for that amount of change? Probably the the last probably four well certainly forty over the first six seven months and then mm-hmm. ten of the, of the rest of the time so obviously came off easier early came mm-hmm. off a little slower later yeah. um, and now it's staying around you know one seventy or so which is where I'm at and I was at two twenty at five foot five that was obviously yeah. way too heavy. Um, but um, now now I'm working and we can talk about this later but I'm working with Ben about exactly where I want it to go because there's some future plans. I have to get it. I want to get my body fat down to a certain level, but not too low for reasons we yeah. can talk about. But Yeah. I do want to get into that and some of your adventures around the corner. That's what really inspires me when I think about my life and what I want to be in 60s. And that is possibilities and new action and the freedom that you could have after a long career. Kids are out of the house. You have the energy and the time to really like do some bucket list style things. I, I definitely want to get into that. But first, I want to ask you about your heart. You've done a lot of Fifth Father workouts at this point. What's your confidence like in your heart today? What is your heart like? Is it strong or like, and what's your confidence in your fitness at this point? 
Yeah, I'm stronger than I've ever been. Um, there's no, I'm stronger now than I was when I when I was 30. There's no question about that. Now I was probably lighter at certain points when I was 30, and probably ran a lot more than I do than I can now. But as far as absolute strength and um, physique, uh, my wife thinks it's a lot better than it used to be. So that's that's, that's probably awesome. a good test, um, yeah. which is good. The hard thing um, for those who don't have a pacemaker. It's a very odd scenario. I mean, they, they have to tweak it every now and then mm-hmm. because as my as your as your um, heart rate gets higher, the pacemaker has to keep up. And yeah. for a while, they had to tweak it because it was there was a delay. And there's still a little bit of a delay, so I could be exerting myself really hard, and the pacemaker hasn't quite caught up yet. So you're out of breath earlier. It eventually catches mm-hmm. up, but it's a little slower. And the oddest thing about a pacemaker, for those who don't have them, I don't recommend them, by the way, is a, is a young tech with a laptop computer who can, through Bluetooth, connect to your heart, and she starts adjusting my my heart rate from across the room. That's a very, that's a surreal kind of feeling that I, I really don't is. recommend. Um, but wow. so far, it hasn't hindered me at all. I refuse to let it hinder me. Um, I'm going to march forward and... Um, you know, I'm thankful for every day that I have, and, and uh, they tell me I can do anything, so I'm taking them up on it. I'm going to do everything. Yeah, and I want to hear about everything in just a moment, but first I want to hear about the nutrition plan that mm-hmm. kind of ended up working for you. What'd you settle in on? Like, what's a day of, like, healthy eating or some standard stuff that you got in terms of go-to meals and the rhythm that works for you? Very boring, but I like routine. Um, yeah. Shake in the morning. I always do my exercise in the morning. I'm up at 5.30. Yeah. By 6.30, I'm at it doing whatever I need to do as far as exercise is concerned. I either go to the gym or, or I'm at home. In the summertime, I like doing stuff at, at home and outside. Um, have my shake, go to work, come home, have a sandwich, uh, Ezekiel bread, mm-hmm. turkey or chicken or something like that. Um, turkey or chicken or something like that. I don't have, I, sometimes I have a snack in the middle of the afternoon. And then at home, I try to do the perfect plate. I try to have a protein, mm-hmm. a vegetable, and a... And a, and a um, uh, some kind of um, good, healthy carb uh, carb to have. That's my diet, and mm-hmm. um, I'm not saying I've been perfect all the time, but I'm probably perfect eighty percent of the time. Um, nice. We just had a we just had a weekend birthday celebration. And I I had a piece of cake, and you know we we had some more food that I don't normally have. One thing about Fit Father Project is, um, and the nutrition specifically is what you asked about. You you really learn about your body. You learn so much about yourself because. Yeah. First of all, I can tell almost when I get up in the morning whether I'm up or down without stepping on the scale. I can just yeah. feel it. Yeah. And and when I eat bad stuff, it makes me feel bad. Yeah. And you gotta get a clue as to what really makes you feel bad or or you know, what doesn't. I can have one glass of wine in the evening. Two glasses of wine, I won't sleep very well. And I don't feel that great the next day. Uh, it's not that I'm a lightweight. It's just, for whatever reason, that amount is something that, that bothers me. Same thing with a heavy car or, sh- or sugar. If I have that yeah. in the evening after a certain time, uh, it's, it's, it's a much more difficult life. So the, uh, you learn a lot about yourself and what you can, what you can, um, regulate, what you can't and what you, what, how kind of, what kind of experience you'll have depending on the food you eat. Yeah, and I'll share personally on that because I mean I've obviously gone through that on my own journey with my own health and knowing the things that are the triggers and how it works is there's freedom on the other side of that because a lot of these things that you just realize are no longer worth it. Like it's just off the table as options because it just like makes you feel bad and feeling good is ultimately what we want to do with these health routines. So it helps you stay focused without needing as much willpower because you're like 
man, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm like you, like I love a good pizza, like, and, and you know, but I just know there's like pretty severe consequences, unfortunately for me when I do that. Cause like wheat doesn't make me feel great in excess quantities and the cheese kind of messes me up. So it like kind of helps you steer when you get your body lean and clean that you get this feedback loop that you're supposed to have. And then it makes your choices easier to make. So T- tell me about like some of your, because I know you have hobbies of, of, you know, doing some stuff with dough and stuff like that. And I, I think it's important for people to know that they can have this in their life and still lose 50 pounds and in, in, to a certain extent. Yeah. So what's it like there? Well, I'm a baker. Uh, I do most of the cooking in my house. Uh, anyway, and I like to do it. It's, it's, it's therapeutic for me. I really like to bake. I make my own like sourdough and, and uh, make my own pizza dough and everything from scratch. I don't buy anything. Um, you know, um, made in a factory or anything like that. Um, but I, I found that the making it in and of itself is therapeutic. And quite frankly, I make it and I give it away. And I, I really have come to enjoy other people enjoying the food that I'm yeah. making. And I don't feel a great need, um, to dive into it very much. I'll taste here and there just to, you know, make sure it tastes okay. Yeah. Uh, but nothing, nothing dramatic. Um, my wife gets mad at me because she's like, yeah, you're doing great, but you're killing me. So what are you going to stop making this stuff? <laughs> so, um, so I bring it into the office and, you know, they're, yeah. you know, they, they're all happy whenever I come in with stuff and, you know, they're all worried about me retiring and say, Oh, what's going to happen when you leave? Are you still going to bring stuff? I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> so, That's yeah. funny. Hey, it's Dr. Ray. I want to quickly pause this episode to thank you for listening to this Fit Father podcast. I am just blown away at how amazing this podcast has become. I had no idea when I started FFP around 10 years ago that it would grow into such an impactful mission. And I want to let you know that I am so grateful to be connected to you in this lifetime. And on behalf of me and my entire team, we are so grateful to be in your life, helping you get and stay healthier for your family. That's what I want to share. Just some gratitude from my heart to yours. Let's get back to today's episode. And I want to ask you about your wife because I know she observed you over a long period of time trying all these different diets. And like now you found Fit Father, especially through the second time and you've worked it. Like, what does she say? What has she seen? She's known you for almost four decades now. And like, what's her response been like to this change that you've kind of made and how you stuck to it? It's it's a funny story. She's, um, she's She's been outstanding. She's totally supportive. Uh, of everything that I've done, she's very proud of me, which is which is obviously very helpful. I will tell you that early on, it kind of gives you an indication of my history. I'm sure other guys have had this too, and that is, I was getting rid of all the old what I call the fat clothes, getting rid of them all. And her comment at the first was, she, you know, I was early into this. She goes, "You think maybe we want to keep some of those just just in case?" And that was perfectly smart answer for her because it cost yeah. money to buy clothes, and and she had seen my history. And I said, "Yep." I understand why you're saying that, but absolutely not. It's going. So, but then um, we were going through stuff, and and, and I t- I talked to him about the podcast, and I and I go in the Facebook group, and I found well, Chris Vincent was a perfect example. He was, he was this perfect, really perfect example for reasons I'll tell you. He, he um, so I, I heard his podcast. And Chris and I are about the same height. We met in Sedona when I was at the retreat, yeah. so I met him yeah. in real life. So we're about the same height. He started about the same weight, and his goal was my goal. So it was like I it was symbiotic. I, I felt very yeah. connected to him, even if I hadn't met him. So I pulled him up into the Facebook group, and I told my wife, I said, Sharon, come over here. Watch, look at this guy, Chris Vincent. Look, this is before and this is after. And it's after. He was buffing. <laughs> and all yeah. these abs, abs, he goes, so you're telling me you're going to look like that? I said, well, I hope. He goes, well, you should keep doing whatever you're doing. 
<laughs> so I said, okay, that's enough of Chris Vincent. I'm going to close the computer down now. So yeah. I, I told Chris that and he was, he was laughing about it, but it was, uh, it, it was one of those, fu- one of those funny moments. So yeah, Josh, she's been extremely, uh, extremely supportive. I mean, I, I, I first started seeing abs and she like, she would scream from across the room. She'd go, you, you have abs. What is that? And, uh, so she was, she's always been really great. That's, that's really beautiful. How about your sons? I know they're not living at home and seeing you, but like, I mean, I got to think like a couple of them, if they're not on their routines, they're seeing dad like with some mojo in his sixties. And like that does something to a young man to see an old man still on it. So I'd love to hear about that. It does. And, and they're proud of me and they don't really say too much about me. They'll give me a crack every now and then, but I did, uh, I did something funny because I said, uh, my son, one son lives in Nashville and I, and I actually, this came from Chris Vincent because he told me about it. Uh, the Spartan race is going to be held in Nashville, 5K for the sprint race. So I told my son, yeah, I'm going to do that. Do you want to go? You want to join my team? And he's like, um, oh, okay, I guess. Okay. I'm going to be in your tab. I'm going to be in your tab, Luke. So you should, you should. So I got him and my other son. Well, I heard them talking one time, like, like several weeks later. They're like, we cannot let him beat us. We got, <laughs> we got to get shape. So, and one of them is in pretty good shape already. One of them has a ways to go, but he actually joined the gym and he's been going because he is, I think he's definitely afraid that I'm going to make him look bad, which I, I would never do anyway. But uh, it's a, I think it's going to be, a, it's next month. It's going to be a great experience for all of us and uh, it'll be a fun time, but they are a little worried. That's awesome. And good. It's nice that you can motivate them from afar just by doing your thing. And I mean, that's still a really strong dad move, right? I mean, just oh, being yeah. able to have some positive influence just by showing up with a certain standard and, and raising them a little bit. And hopefully they're able to not go down the path that you went down of like getting into a dark place for many years and they can right. just, you know, eat a little healthier too. Right. Okay. Let's get into your future because I think it's really interesting, you know, the stuff that you want to do as you're moving into retirement. And I want people to have a picture of what's possible and, and the kind of adventure that you could have. Talk to me about some of your pursuits when, you know, you do get into full retirement and what you want to get up to in certain, the outdoor activities. Yeah. And, I, and one thing I don't want to do in retirement is be inactive. Um, mm-hmm. Even on vacations, I've always been an active vacation person. The notion of sitting on the beach in a chair drives me crazy. It always has. So I've always been much more active. So my retirement hopefully is going to be really no different. I'd like to do lots of things that are active. And, and uh, right now the plan for next summer in mid-July is I'm going to Colorado. I'm a, I do a lot of long-distance backpacking. And next summer I'm going to be going to Colorado and to Denver and starting the Colorado Trail, which is about a 500-mile trail from um, Denver to Durango. And all of it's above 10,000 feet. I promise wow. to wear the FFP shirt at my highest point make a big picture of the whole deal if I get there, which I hope I will. But, um, so that, that's my next big goal as far as training is concerned. And and I think I mentioned earlier that I'm already, I've already gotten down the line saying, Ben, I need your help to do X, Y, and Z to get this done. Because I'll lose in six weeks, I'll lose 20 pounds. Right. Just because, you know, on average, I'll be burning between five and 8,000 calories a day. So I'll be hiking 15 miles at altitude with a pack. And right up and down mountains and everything else. So I can't eat that much. There will be no perfect place, unfortunately, yeah. probably on that trail. Perfect perfect freeze dries. Perfect freeze dries and lots of as many calories as I can possibly consume. And I'll right. still lose weight. So um, you know, sixty well, I'll be sixty four then. Um, I'm a little nervous about it only because I want to be as strong uh, as I can. 
Um, I've had a couple injuries, but I'm working through those. Um, but with Ben's help and, and, and really, and Ben's help, I mean, there are SF, the FFP programs that I'm, I'm operating. That's what we're doing. Just maybe in a little different order. And as it gets closer, we're going to change things up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then also with some yoga, because just to make sure that I'm yeah. adequately stretching and, and trying to keep those muscles of, of uh, I've actually talked to your, your buddy at Manflow Yoga and, you know, he set me up with a program to, to try to work on some things that get tight when I backpack. Yep. So hopefully with all that stuff planned, I'm already planning. I've already got equipment set out. I've already been on some shakedown hikes. I've, so this is going to be a long process, but it's a, I think it's a really great goal to have and, and something that will keep, keep me motivated for the next year for sure. I mean, that's a real adventure. I mean, I, I, I don't, it's, it's going to be amazing to me, the kind of stuff you're going to be able to see and obviously accomplish as you're going on that trail. Are you doing anything like for cardio wise, like on a step mill or anything like that, especially as it gets into winter? Cause I think a step mill with a pack would be a really good idea. I am. I do a step mill with a pack. I'm doing a lot of rucking uh, yeah. with the pack. I was out this weekend, just did a 10 mile ruck with my, with the pack that I would carry with the weight. I nice. think that I would be carrying went with my dog just to test out everything, make sure the equipment working, but also, you know, test the legs, making sure I'm not too sore. Yeah. But yeah, I'll be doing a lot of, a lot of steps. The only thing I'm not going to be able to adjust to is altitude. And, but my wife and I are going to be out there for like five or six days before the hike begins at mm -hmm. 8,000 feet or so to try to get acclimated uh, to that. Um, but if my legs are strong and, you know, no injuries, um, I am stubborn enough and I'm confident enough that I'll get through this. Love it. You know, I don't know if you've looked into this, but you know, obviously the fit father breath worker breathing like Wim Hof style could really help you with just oxygenation and, and playing around with that as like a true part of your training, you know, a couple times per week, but uh, it's something okay. I would recommend. All right. I'll look into that for sure. Nice. All right. So, I mean, this, it's really exciting, you know, certainly to, to get out there and start to do some adventures and to, and to use this body. And I want to know, did you actually have a dream to do the Colorado trail or did it come after you got fit or was it a thing that you had like for a long standing desire, like from your very young? Um, not from when I was very young. I took up backpacking in earnest again, probably 15, 20 years ago. And I'm mm -hmm. right on the Appalachian trail, which is on the East coast from, yeah. you know, from Georgia to Maine. It goes, and it, it, it goes, it runs within five miles of where I live. Yeah. Um, so I've been on that trail a lot. I've probably done 500 miles of that trail over time. Uh, no more than seven days on trail, uh, but that's a 2,200-mile trail or 2,000-mile trail, and that takes five months. And, I, and I, I've always wanted to do a through-hike, but five months away from my wife and family just didn't seem like something I, wa I really wanted to do, even if I could do it. Um, the Colorado Trail was something – I have an uncle that's done Appalachian Trail twice, and then he did the Colorado Trail, and he's, he was 72 wow. at the time. Um, and the Colorado Trail, I've always loved the West. Um, I've loved the Rockies, the Appalachian trails, a lot of in forest kind of hiking, very humid Colorado. I don't have to tell you where you live, it's, but in Colorado is very dry. Um, yeah. the expansive, um, you're above treeline a lot. I've always loved that, that part of the yeah. world. Um, and, and it's just a different kind of adventure. So, uh, I decided given the length of that trail, um, and its location, that was the best option for me. Nice. I love it. I'm excited for you. Now, because you went to the, the Fit Father Retreat, I'd love to ask you about 
what your experience was like there. I mean, maybe meeting me in person and meeting some of the other guys, obviously shout out to Chris, Chris Vincent. You know, I know that was a special man for you to meet for many, many reasons, but like, what was your experience like at the retreat? Oh, it was just outstanding. Uh, just outstanding. Yeah. Meeting you, obviously that was surreal. And, and Ben, uh, and I met Kat briefly. She couldn't come with us, but uh, I remember yeah. her blue hair very well. She was, she was, she's, I don't know how she's so upbeat all the time, but she apparently is. Um, she doesn't fake it. It's, it's, it's real. <laughs> it's crazy. And I met Craig and, and of course, yeah. and Ron Keesman also, who I'd followed a lot and, and Chris and, and others, but it's just, it's much different getting to know those guys. Uh, they were so positive. Um, it's like we'd known each other forever and, and, uh, you know, I still keep in touch with those guys, and, and uh, it's just a very, very supportive group, all with the same, um, same goals. We help each other. Um, and that's the thing about the face. You know, you talk about Sedona, which was great because I got to see people in person. But my first contact was with the Facebook group. Yeah. And let's be honest, Doctor A, men don't have a place to ask those kinds of questions and get that right. kind of support. They don't. Right. Nobody, no guy, the guy says to another guy, Hey, do you think I look fat in these pants or anything else like that? I mean, we never talk about those kinds of weaknesses. And we are, you know, a lot of us are alone in that regard. We just don't, that's not the kind of stuff we talk about with other guys. But, you know, Facebook and Sedona, it was a freewheeling, non judgmental, supportive group that is very, it's a genius on the Facebook. That's genius because it it gives everybody an opportunity to talk. I've never seen a negative comment on that in that group, yeah, which is astounding in today's day and age. I know it's like the best of the best of like social media is honestly in that group. And I think what's so cool too, is like everyone there are like, we're intimate strangers and we're not strange strangers in the, in not, not in the real sense of being strangers, but like, it's not like your best friends or the local people you might see where, you know, you might be hesitant to say things. It's like a group of men gathered around a common purpose that are willing to be super vulnerable. And I don't need to know exactly how and where you grew up or what exactly you're doing. But like, I see you, like I I see you in your authenticity of trying. I am here too for the exact same thing. So there's like a a bond that is formed in that kind of culture that is super powerful and therapeutic and something you can come back to. And I'm glad that you take a lot of value in that and that you've added so much value. And I guess you being here on this podcast is another way of you giving back to our community. So I really appreciate you doing that. Well, it's, it's my pleasure. I think, you know, that's, that's as much as anything, the most fun part about this now is to the extent I've had any success, I try to encourage those people who are just starting. I even do it in the gym. I mean, there's some guys there that clearly are trying. They're there at 6.30 in the morning, you know, and they got a trainer and they're trying to work on things. And I see them regularly. And I don't, they're not a fit father project. But I went up to, you know, a couple of these guys, I went up to them and said, you know what? You know what everybody else is doing while you're here? They're still in bed. So congratulations, you're doing great work. And, you know, and yeah. I, think that, I think that really helps people uh, move along. And, uh, you know, for those guys who haven't done Sedona and have an opportunity to do that, I highly recommend it. You'd be, uh, it's a, life, it's a life, life experience that you should not go without if you can do it. That's awesome. Now, last, last couple of questions. One is I want to ask you for some specific advice for guys who are maybe starting this program around 60 uh, you know, what would you, what would you give to some of the advice to those guys starting out? And then the second part will be, um, advice you have for veterans who've been around the block a little bit and maybe ever reached their first phase goals. Like what kind of things you think are, are going to be good to stay motivated or to continue connecting with the program, et cetera. Right. Um, well, with respect to the new folks, um, planning is in my view, everything. 
Um, and I still, to this day, I think I just shared this with one of the Facebook guys that was new and he, he was trying to get through the day and, and, and not being very successful or get through the week. And, and I think I told him, I said, well, plan, plan the next hour. What are you going to do in the next hour? And then what are you going to do in the next hour? I said, because I still have a journal. I have it right here. And every, every Sunday, I write down exactly what I'm going to do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and, and the next Sunday, and what I'm going to eat. Um, so I know what, what exercise program I'm going to be on that day. And that's, what I, that's the way I keep myself, try to keep myself straight. So yeah. for the newbies, you know, plan your day. And you write it down. It's hard. It's harder to ignore it, uh, and you know, you know, put your gym clothes out. Go set the same time and every day that you're going to work out. For me, it's early morning. I'm not telling anybody else what time to find their best time. Their best time is their best time. Once I've I've figured out a long time ago. Once I get home from work, I'm drained. I can't. Other than yeah. walking, I'm not doing any hard workouts. But mm-hmm. at five, at five or five thirty in the morning, when nobody else is up, I can do whatever I need to do and get it out of the way. Yeah. So that's for me. So. Whether it's day by day, and if you're really struggling, hour by hour, uh, that's that's the way I think that you can do it. I also think that I think on the Facebook group, to the extent that people get caught up in it, they start comparing themselves to other folks. Um, yeah, some guys are losing, you know, some ungodly amounts of weight in a month. I did not. I mean, I think I think I lost ten or twelve pounds the first month. Um, and you see people, you know, thinking, "Well, I'm not losing enough weight. I'm, I'm, I'm not, these other folks are losing way more weight. I'm, I'm at a plateau." Everybody fights their own fight, guys, and it's it's uh, it's something that you have to do on a daily basis. You're going to have your victories. Don't compare it. It's just like going to the gym. Don't worry about what the guys lifting next to you. Don't worry about that. You just do your thing, yeah. um, and you'll be and you'll be successful. It just takes some people more time than others. The body's a mystery. I have no idea. I think I do everything right sometimes, and I'll get on the scale and go, "How did I gain a pound? How do how, how is this even possible?" But mm-hmm. you know, next day it's it's different. So it's it's something that just uh, you just got to figure out, figure out on your own. You just keep going. Nice. Um, as far as um, guys have been on it for a while, the only thing I can do is, is tell you that I, I have to worry about things I can control and things I can't control. Sometimes I can't control that I have an injury. But what mm-hmm. I can control is that I do a different exercise. Yeah. Um, I, have a, I have a frozen shoulder, uh, so I can't do the, uh, the full bar squat because I can't reach my yeah. arm back far enough to grab the bar. So we have machines at the gym that I can do other things, or I can do a yeah. dumbbell squat, or I could do yeah. a, a sumo squat, or whatever the case. So there's always there's always alternatives. I can't, I tore a muscle in my um, my butt and hip, and it was in physical therapy for a while, so I couldn't run, but I could walk without pain, mm-hmm. or I could go on the um, the, the stairmaster, or I could yeah. you know jump rope, or I could go on my rower in, in the basement, or do whatever the case may be. So. The fact that you can't do something doesn't mean you can't do anything. And um, you just, especially as you get older, just injuries are a fact of life. I, I don't know what else to explain it, guys. It just it just happens. You may be doing everything right. It just happens. And the other thing about injuries, you're not 20 anymore. So an injury that took me two days to get over when I was 25 takes me two, two seems like two months to get over now. It just, I don't know why, but it does. And it's frustrating at times, but you just got to accept it and do the best you can. That was a really good answer. I think it's like taking what could be seen as an apparent obstacle or limitation and 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 just still moving forward in spite of it with intelligence 
and doing what you can. And I mean, I think that's the mindset that serves you, not just in your sixth decade of life, but in your seventh decade of life, it's going to probably be changes of stuff you can and can't do. Um, and then, you know, as you continue to work on improving and getting into new things like the yoga, you know, I, I think you're going to come back a changed man from from the hiking and the walking. I mean, your body's going to be different. And I think it's going to be different in a good way, you know, from having done that type of experience and the adaptations that are going to happen. Who knows what opens up for us? We don't know. But again, that debt back to like bringing it back to every single day, we can assess where we're honestly at and still make forward progress and, and see limitations as a chance to get creative. Yeah, OSM is on for after the hike. That's what I've decided because I'll have Love lost fat. You're going to be lean. I'll be really lean and I'll just be uh, ready to ready to knock it out. And that's the one thing about I really like about it because I'm in phase four at this point. Yeah. Uh, and I told Ben this. I said, I consider phase four an exercise buffet. I just pick yeah. and choose the things that really work for me and, and I can totally switch off one thing and do a different thing the next week. And I like that yeah. kind of um, you know variety. Uh, for instance, now I'm, I'm, I'm obviously for reasons that I explained earlier. I'm now I'm throwing an extra leg exercise in where I maybe wouldn't before, but it wouldn't be part of the program. Mm -hmm. But, but that's good. That's, you know, those are the, those are the options I have now. And, and it's good to be able to, to pick. That's awesome. Bill, well, this was a pleasure. Uh, my ending question for you is what does it mean for you now to be a fit father? And then we'll let you go. Well, being a fit father for me is coming to the realization that when I decide what I'm trading my time for, as valuable as it is, that I'm trading it for something really important, and that is me. Uh, my health and fitness, um, when I'm healthy and fit and happy and confident, it affects everybody around me in a positive way. My family, my friends, my work, uh, and that, um, and my children, obviously, with respect to uh, how they see me, and it's important to how I see myself. Um, so I being fit father is respecting yourself and being the very best version, whether how old you are, no matter how old you are, being the best version of that that you can be, um, even though it's not 30, 60 is okay, 65 is okay. I'm, I'm good with that. And I'll just do, do the best I can with what I got. I love it. And I'm going to actually like semi-publicly hold you to a promise. And that's that after you come back from your hike, that you come back and tell us about it. Um, I'm sure you'll make some posts, but maybe even after OSM, I'd love to have you back on because I know you're going to have plenty of stories and it'll be really cool for people to listen to this one and then hear what you have to say after doing the kind of things that are around the corner. I would love to do it. I'll probably do some YouTube videos. I'll send people to so that uh, they awesome. can get a feel for it as it goes on. But yeah, I would I would love that because that would mean I was successful. So that, was even be, that would be greater. Heck yeah. Well, Bill, thank you for your time today. I appreciate it so much and for being an amazing fit father. So excited to get this episode out to our community to share the inspiration that you once received in your early stages. You're passing it on now. This is the circle of life, my friend, and I'm grateful you're a part of our community. Great seeing you, Dr. A. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Fit Father Project Podcast. If you love what you heard, please rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really helps spread this show to more men who need this valuable info. To watch full video episodes of this podcast and other motivational videos to inspire your training and more, visit our Fit Father Project YouTube channel. It's free and everything's made for busy guys over 40 like you. Visit youtube.com forward slash Fit Father Project to get access to our entire video library. And finally, 
If you or someone in your life is interested in becoming a fit father or needs help losing weight, building muscle, and living healthier after age 40, then visit fitfatherproject.com where you can see our proven programs, supplement line for guys 40 plus, and free meal plan and workouts to get you started. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi signing off. I'll see you in the next episode.